Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hello, hello, you are on air with Ella. Two things before we jump into today's show. Firstly, I want to thank you so much. I appreciate you and I appreciate that you're taking the time to listen to this. I appreciate that you are on your own journey toward improving your life, living better and starting now. And I am truly honored to be a part of that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you who have been a part of our success in iTunes, I have to send a special shout out to you. If you've been able to get on your computer and leave a review for us in iTunes, I have to thank you. It has helped enormously get the word out about this show because those reviews equal promotion by iTunes. So every review matters. Thank you so much. Finally, have you connected with me on Facebook? You can find me at On Air with Ella on Facebook. I share pictures, silliness, videos, and a lot of things on the Facebook page that I don't even share on the On Air with Ella webpage. So check us out. All right. Today's guest is a business owner, a consultant to large global corporations and small business owners alike. She is a triathlete, a wife, a mom, a big eater, and a frequent traveler. Yup. Today's guest is me. I am not always going to interview an expert. It is going to be the primary format for the show, but occasionally there are topics that I am so passionate about sharing with you and I know enough about them myself from my own research, my own experience. Now, by now you probably know that I am not a medical practitioner. I am not a certified personal trainer. I am not an expert in fitness, an expert in nutrition. I am a busy adult who eats who moves and who wants to stay fit, who wants to stay healthy, who wants to be excellent, who wants to be extraordinary. And as I learn about how to do these things, I want to share them with you because I've firmly believe that every single one of us has room for improvement. I believe that it's easier to kind of go soft on that idea, the older that we get and the more distracted that we get. And so the purpose of the show, one of the missions of this show is to just keep us all accountable, um, help remind us of the greatness that's out there that's meant to be ours help remind us that we can be extraordinary and so if it's serving that purpose for you then again I am honored to be a part of it and I will keep bringing you experts to speak to a variety of topics uh, that all fall under that umbrella let's get into it today's show is based on a topic I know a lot about from personal experience that I've learned a lot about from experts and that I get asked about all the time. The subject is tips and tricks for staying healthy or just plainly not sabotaging your wellness efforts while you travel. Today we're going to talk primarily about airplane travel. Um, Certainly these topics are not limited to that idea, but some of the tips are specific to airplane travel. I fly at least twice a month round trip, so let's say at least four days a month, um, and that's on a slow month typically, 
And I am constantly trying to figure out how to not sabotage my health and how to stay healthy on the road. I just find that it's so much easier and sort of somewhat obviously to stay healthy uh, at home and then it infinitely harder to stay healthy and to stay feeling great on the road. In fact, I've almost come to expect it where where I can be in a peak season and feel great and be treating myself great. And the moment I go on the road, like it all feels like it goes to hell in a handbasket. So I also get asked this by a lot of people because so many of the circles that I operate in, the people in those circles fly even way, way more than I do. And they ask me this question a lot. How do you do it? How do you maintain your health when you're on the road, et cetera, et cetera. So today is all about sharing some tips that I've picked up along the way, as well as some tips from the experts that I will reference in the show notes for this episode at onairwithella.com. So we're going to jump into tips that I promise you I will share at least five tips that you haven't thought of yet. So I'm going to share a lot more than five, but I am making a commitment to you that you will hear at least five ideas, big or small, that you had not considered before. So let's go. I'm going to break this up into three sections. The first section is before I go, what do I do? Well, This might sound to some of you like a lot of work, but before you go, you have to find a hotel, you have to find a car, you need to book your ticket, et cetera, et cetera. I've just built in a few processes uh, to make sure that I have the resources that I need. So a couple of things that I do is I will actually search for a hotel with a little bit different criteria than most people. I will pull up those hotel. I use hotels.com so I can use the map to do this. And I look at the proximity to some pretty good food sources. I can even look up where I can get juice bars or healthy food, uh, healthy food delivered to me at the office that I'll be working in, etc. So I actually spend a moment looking at my hotel based on its proximity to good food sources. All right, does that sound like too much effort? Let me give you some easy tips. Definitely do a search criteria for hotels with a gym. Does that mean that you will go to a gym every single time you travel? No, it does not. Is it nice to have that option if you think you'll have the time for it? Yes. Can you do a workout in the hotel gym for 20 minutes that will entirely direct the course of your day? Yes. So add that to your search criteria. The other thing that I do with hotels, I request and I don't know if you knew you could do this, at many, many, many hotels, you can request a refrigerator and you can request a blender. Again, it depends on where you're going, as will every other tip in this episode. But those are two things that you can ask for that will very frequently be provided by the hotel at no charge to you. Occasionally, I'll get a charge for like $12 or something um, if I'm traveling in the U.S. and I ask for a refrigerator and I get, you know, the small sort of dorm fridges, the college size fridges. And that $12 is a one-time fee versus the multiple dollars that I will spend on restaurant food, et cetera. I can go and grab some juices or I can go to the grab some salads or some healthy fresh food um, and stick it in that fridge so that I can rely on that. And I don't know about you guys, when I travel, I just, it is, I am so hungry. I want to snack more. I think it's because your whole balance is off. I want to snack more. I eat more. Um, I don't know what it is about travel. Maybe that's just me, but I find providing myself with healthy options so useful because I know that I'm going to be snacking. So that's one tip. All right. The other thing that I will do is I will actually download a workout 
from some of my favorite sources on my computer and take it with me, obviously. So some of those sources are my pal Fit with Deb. You can check out the episode I did when I interviewed Debbie Wilkins Bysden, and she is Fit with Deb. She has some great short workouts. I also go to Metabolic Effect the P90X workouts, and I love their new 30-minute version. Great, great, great workouts in 30 minutes that I can just open up my laptop in my hotel room and do a 30-minute workout, no excuses. And honestly, if I don't feel like going to the gym, which is most of the time when I'm traveling, or if I'm exhausted, if I know that this workout is literally 28 minutes, really, it's hard to find an excuse not to do it. So I've found that very, very helpful. Last but not least, there are a million videos for free on YouTube. You can do yoga. You can do anything you can think of in your hotel room with a Wi-Fi connection. Go to YouTube. Start there. Okay. Those are just a few of the things that I do before I go. The last tip that falls in this category that might sound ridiculous to you is if I know that I'm traveling and I have a plane flight and then I'm going to be on the road for a few days, I actually make an effort to hydrate almost the same way I do if I have a triathlon coming up. So hydration is not about using the triathlon example, is not about drinking water on the day of the race. It's important, but that's not how you get hydrated for a race. The way you get hydrated for a race is you start a week out. You start four days out, three days out, and you make sure that you are focused on getting enough water um, and electrolytes into your system so that on the day of the race, you are not drawing from reserves and you actually have a nice, healthy foundation to start from. Same thing with travel. That airline flight, I don't care if it's an hour and a half or it's eight hours. It is extremely dehydrating because of the environment that you're in, because of all of the factors that go into the day that you travel. Long and short of it is hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. So I will actually focus on that a couple of days before. And since I fly about every other week, that's kind of a constant theme in my life. But it's an important one and I cannot overstate it because think of the things that happen when you are not hydrated. Your bowels slow down, which they do while you're traveling anyway, in the majority of people. Your skin dries out. You are more fatigued um, because you're not hydrated and other factors at play. It's harder on your digestion. It's harder on every system in your body. Therefore, why not give yourself a little boost? So you get it. Water, water, water. Here are some things that I actually take with me. So these are in the before I go category because you have to think of them before you go. The first thing I take that maybe will sound odd to you is I take a couple of capsules, actually a little Ziploc baggie of activated charcoal. Activated charcoal is highly, highly absorbent. It is used if your dog eats something he or she shouldn't have and you take your dog to the vet, uh, they will oftentimes give that animal activated charcoal to help absorb and mop up the toxins in that animal's stomach. Why do I take activated charcoal? If you are traveling, particularly to maybe somewhere fun, maybe the Caribbean or Mexico, or maybe to a region, um, let's say you're traveling to India and the food is going to be quite different than what you're accustomed to, taking activated charcoal is a wonderful little hack, if you will, if you get any digestive upset. Again, I am not a doctor and I do not play one in iTunes. However, this is 
common, common knowledge. You can go to the University of Google and look it up yourself. But activated charcoal, if you have eaten something that's gone sour in your tummy, uh, or if you, I don't know, perhaps have a little bit more alcohol than you should have, gasp, anything of that nature, if you take activated charcoal capsules within a few hours of eating or say before you go to bed, anecdotally, I can tell you it has fabulous and profound results. So try it yourself. It's a very easy experiment to do on yourself and see what kind of results that you get. The next thing that I take with me is magnesium, and I take magnesium 07. There are so many magnesium supplements on the market that it is very, very easy to get confused as to which type you should take with you. For that reason, at the onairwithella.com website, I will give you two options for magnesium supplements to take with you when you travel. I take Mag07, I think I'm saying that right, and it has what's known as elemental magnesium in it. The reason I take that with me is because magnesium helps draw water into the colon. Why does this matter? A couple of reasons. You don't have to be traveling to appreciate the benefits of this, but it is a little mini detox in the sense that it helps flush your bowel. But also, let's be honest, when you're traveling, the bowels slow down. This is a very frequent phenomenon. There are many reasons for it. Many of them are common sense. I will not go into them. Magnesium by drawing water to the colon helps flush the colon. If you take maybe one serving at night before bed and drink at least a glass of water with it, the next morning it just helps get things moving along. It's not a laxative and it is not even really a stimulant. It's just a very natural, easy way to keep things moving when they might otherwise not. So look into that one for yourself and come to your own conclusions, but that's a great thing to stick in another little Ziploc bag and shove it into one of your bags. Another thing that I'll take that I'll only take on longer trips because I don't feel like dealing with the weight is a mini blender. Those little Nutribullets or there are several brands. Um, I think I have a Nutribullet and it's very small, single serving, but that mini blender can create meals for me. So, and, and lots and lots of hotels will have like the free bananas down in reception. You can bring a couple scoops of protein powder or greens powder and throw in some water and make yourself a nice little shake in your hotel room or at the office or wherever you may be, whether you're on holiday or traveling on business. So the mini blender, I sometimes bring it, I sometimes don't, but it really is a nice option to have and it's not terribly expensive. Okay. Another thing that might surprise you is I take with me and I actually wear them on the airplane. I take compression socks. Compression socks are something you learn about when you're a runner or you're a triathlete because compression socks are magic, magic, extremely tight socks that will help you with recovery when your calves are tired and sore. They help you with blood circulation. Diabetics are very, very familiar with them for that reason. Here's the deal. I wear them because they relieve tired legs. They help minimize swelling when you've been, when you're on a long flight and when you're already not moving. And, you know, I'm generally sore anyway, just from something that I've done. So it's nice to have that rest and recovery, but it is particularly useful when you're flying to reduce swelling and to um, actually enhance blood circulation. So check that one out. Compression socks, fabulous, not good looking. Okay, let's talk food. Food, food, food. It is 
for some reason, just difficult to eat well on the road. I have no idea why. I don't know why I'm, this is me personally. I have no idea why it's harder for me to eat well on the road. I understand why the resources are more difficult to attain, but I don't understand why mentally it is so much more difficult. I find it a little bit ridiculous. So I'm going to share some of the tricks that I've learned over the years, some of the things that I take with me, and um, then what to stay away from. In this vein, I will take an empty water bottle with me, first of all. The reason I take an empty water bottle is twofold. One is I drink it till I go through security, and I either finish it or I empty it. Then I go through security and obviously I don't typically fill it up again until I get to the hotel. Here's a tip. Hotel water, very expensive. Any hotel that has a gym, and remember you used a gym as a search criteria when you found that hotel? Every gym I have ever been into, it's probably a regulation, has a water cooler or provides water in some way. So what will I do? I will grab my refillable water bottle. I will take it to the hotel gym and I will fill that sucker up and I will keep doing so over and over and over again. Plus, if you're carrying around this water bottle, you're just much more likely to be consuming water. Easy. Okay, so I bring that that empty water bottle or it's empty when I go through security anyway. Other snacks that I bring. I will carry things like nuts with a little bit of dried fruit, not too much. That stuff can be a major sugar bomb. So maybe almonds, a couple Brazil nuts, a mix of nuts, whatever. I don't go and buy trail mix at the store. I just get nuts and maybe a a few pieces of dried fruit and put it in a bag. I will bring kind bars. Uh, Those are those nut bars or quest bars, which is a pretty clean protein bar. But those things are easy. They are, in my opinion, yummy and satisfying, and they satisfy that that weird travel beast that comes out in my head when I want something. However, I have some more suggestions to make that go beyond these because those foods are not high in water content. In fact, what I just said, kind bars, nuts, dried fruit, quest bars, no water. No water content. That means that if your bowels are sluggish, if you are not getting fresh food, all of the things that happen when you travel, it's just contributing to the problem. You're already dehydrated, or if you're in flight, you're going to become dehydrated in some form or fashion. And those foods are very, very low in water. So what I will do, and I don't normally snack on this sort of thing, really, if I'm being honest, but when I'm traveling, I do. I will throw baby carrots. I will throw sliced cucumber. I'll even throw sliced celery. You can bring hummus if you want to, if if that's something that you eat. But these baby carrots, these sliced up cucumbers, and these thinly sliced celery sticks, again, I do not want to pretend that this is what I snack on on any given day. But on a flight, love it. First of all, it makes a really nice loud noise that attracts everyone around you, but it is water-based and crunchy and it's got fiber. And if you eat that in conjunction with a handful of nuts, it's actually quite satisfying. And tip on the cucumber, slice them up, stick them in a zippy bag and um, throw a seasoning on them because cucumbers are basically what, like solid water. So throw some seasoning on them. I like throwing sea salt, a little sea salt mixture that I have, and uh, that makes them quite good. I'll do the same thing on the baby carrots, actually. Um, Those are very good in conjunction with those dry foods that I mentioned. Okay, other foods that I'll stick, I carry this huge backpack when I fly. I look like I'm 12, and it's basically bulging with food and electronics. Food and electronics. So I am 12, in short. Okay, other things that I will um, occasionally bring with me. A couple things you might not think of, though. Salad. 
because TSA does not want you to fly with liquids, a lot of times I found that that has us thinking differently about the food that we can travel with. But you can travel with salad. You can throw a bunch of greens or even just leftovers, forget salad, whatever you want. You can throw leftovers in a disposable container, which I'm not a fan of normally, but if I'm traveling, it is the lesser of some of the other evils. And I will throw in leftovers or um, salad into a container that I can either throw away or shove into my bag and not care about for the duration of my trip. Um, don't forget your fork. Don't, these things are totally acceptable to get through security. So just a reminder, hard boiled eggs, get the shell off and stick those in something, a container or a bag and shove those in your bag. Go ahead and put a little bit of that sea salt and pepper on them. Um, so they have a little bit extra flavor and take the, shove those in your bag. Again, so easy. Rolled meat slices, like with cheese, you can roll up some good healthy, real, authentic cheese and some good organic meat slices and put those in your bag and you're going to have a lot of satisfying protein to eat and security is not going to give you a hard time about any of those items. All right, moving on. I do, if I'm traveling for a while, I get some of my protein powder and I put a couple scoops in a small container and I bring that small container with me. And that is whether I bring my own mini blender or not. I um, can always get a blender from the hotel, like I mentioned. Um, or you can bring one of those shake-up bottles that has the little metal ball inside and you can shake up your own shake without a blender, but I don't love them, but some people do. Okay. Let's see what what I don't do. I don't buy airport food. I mean, there are some exceptions. Some airports have figured out that uh, a lot of people flying are not actually on a mission to destroy their health. So they're offering different options. But in general, I avoid buying any real meals at the airport. I will rely on the things that I've already told you, or I'll go in search of the things that I mentioned because I can get a kind bar and an apple. You can get a banana. You can get some plain nuts. You can even get hard boiled eggs in a lot of places I have noticed. And you can, if you're trying, you can search out some decent options. Anyway, okay, let's talk about what I do during the flight. So a couple things you might not have thought of. If you are flying, take out your contacts. If you wear contacts, if you wear corrective lenses, take them out. Here's why. The airplane is so drying. The recirculated air in the environment that we've already mentioned is extremely dehydrating for your whole body and including your eyes. I learned this the hard way and I am not going to share this story with you, but the short version is your eyes can get dried out. It can cause damage over time. It may not result in a discrete event that is troublesome to you, but in general, my eye doctor just told me because of the event I'm not going to tell you about. <laughs> it involves corneal erosion and I don't want to talk about it, but he said, do you fly a lot? Do you spend a lot of time in hotel rooms? Do you spend a lot of time in, in conference rooms? And I said, yes, yes, yes. He said, wear your glasses if you're going to be in a contained environment for a very long period of time. Take out your contacts when you're flying. Fly in glasses or if you aren't up for that, bring your little contact lens tray and 
pop your contacts out and put them in there. And then when you land, pop them back in. You can do that in the lab. You don't need to do that next to your neighbor, but that's your decision. I have listened to him ever since my corneal event and just wanted to share that tip with you. I'm going to go into more detail about some of my tips for you, but some of these are quick and dirty and they either resonate with you or they do not. And you can look them up. That is one of them. Okay. Research says that you want to drink 12 ounces for every hour that you're flying. I always order club soda with no ice. You can of course order water. If you order a soda, you are not hydrating. You are dehydrating. So not even going to talk to you about that. So club soda is fine. It's not dehydrating like a soda is. 12 ounces for every hour is going to do just right. So get an aisle seat if you're worried about having to get up and use the bathroom. If you are flying for longer than an hour and a half and you are not getting up to use the restroom, then you are officially dehydrated, friends. So just think about that. Plus, you want to get up. So here's another tip. It is not about standing up for long periods of time when you're flying. It's not about the duration, but frequency. Get up. Stand up in your seat. Who cares? Stand up in your seat. Sit back down again. Do that maybe three times and do it um, Do it every hour or so. Get up. Go to the restroom hang out for a minute. You obviously don't want to spend a huge amount of time unbuckled on an aircraft. However, just standing up to get your blood moving a little bit can be quite beneficial. This is one of those examples where I'm not going to cite the research, but there is plenty. And again, it's not about duration, but frequency. So get up and move around. Your body will be the better off for it. All right. A couple other tips to make the best use of the flight. If you're sitting in the bulkhead, those are the seats right behind the wall, if you will, one of the dividers, put your feet up on the wall. Um, it helps drain the blood from your feet, which will help with swelling. This is very hard to do if you're anywhere but in the bulkhead. Um, The person in front of you might not totally love this idea if you're trying to put your feet up on the back of their seat. But if you're in the bulkhead, do it. Get those feet up. And again, if you're not, compression socks can be um, very, very helpful for similar benefit. But get those feet up if you can. All right. I think I've already mentioned to get up and walk about every hour or so to help prevent your feet from swelling, help prevent from some of the other things that you get just when you're sitting for long periods of time. And then you can also bring some other things that you already know about, I'm sure, like noise canceling headphones, a sleep mask, just to block out the light, whether you're planning on sleeping or not, it's very good to just block out all that artificial light, put the sleep mask on, the eye mask on, and just chill out for 10 minutes. Not a bad thing to do at all. By the way, I am totally in the market for a super comfortable eye mask slash sleep mask. So if you're listening right now and you know what I should be using, feel free to send me one. No, I'm just kidding. Feel free to email me and tell me which brand you love so I can uh, go Google it and get myself one. Finally, don't forget to download some podcasts and uh, listen to me your entire flight. All right. Now we are going to get into our last segment and this stuff is more advanced. You can call it advanced tips and tricks. You can call it weird fruity stuff and you can call it whatever you want. But these are some things that you have maybe not considered. And each of them has research behind it that I will reference in the episode show notes. Okay. One thing that I won't go into extensive detail about 
But if your flight is under four hours, just consider fasting, consider not eating. P.S. I find this extraordinarily difficult. I told you already I have some sort of weird travel thing that happens. Some kind of switch gets flipped in my head and I have like this hunger snack demon that comes out. Have no idea why. So I'll be the guy next to you eating baby carrots or the gal next to you eating baby carrots and cucumbers and hard boiled eggs. However, consider fasting um, and just not snacking at all if your flight's under four hours or so. Why? Because travel's really hard on the body. Um, it just is. And eating is actually a stressful event for your body in, in scientific terms. It raises your cortisol. It requires, it demands of your body, et cetera, et cetera. So give your body a break. Use it for a time just to practice some fasting or to figure out if you can actually survive for four hours or less without food. You probably can. All right. So that's one thing to consider. Another thing to do, which is not limited to travel, but very, very helpful if you are crossing time zones, particularly, is called grounding or earthing. Now, this is going to sound very woo-woo to those of you who have not heard it, but let me share with you what grounding is. Grounding is, or earthing, is making skin to earth contact. So taking off your shoes and standing in the dirt, taking off your shoes and standing in a body of water or standing on sand um, or standing in the grass somewhere. It's just having your bare feet or your bare skin connect to the earth. So I suppose you could do this with other parts of your body, but let's just go with feet for the purposes of my argument. The There are a load of free electrons that are right there for the taking when you make direct contact with the earth's surface. Now, I travel on business more than anything else. Am I getting off the airplane and walking around barefoot in the dirt? No, I am not. However, I actually can and do slip off my shoes, pop outside to a small patch of grass or dirt or even concrete, which is more conductive than asphalt, and stand on it for 10 minutes. Do I do this all the time? No, I do not. However, have you ever wondered why when you're on vacation, you just feel 10,000 times better. Yes, it has everything to do with the things you think it does. You're resting more, you're having fun, you're relaxed. But um, a lot of times if you go to the beach or you go spend time outside, you might actually be doing something that you almost never, ever do at home, which is you're standing in the sand or you're standing in the ocean or you kick your shoes off and you spend time maybe getting your feet in the grass. This is a real thing. There is a lot of science behind it. This is not voodoo. This might sound like voodoo, but it is not. So earthing actually can help you reset your body and reconnect and rebalance a little bit. And if you are traveling across time zones, particularly try it, what does it cost you? Stand in the grass for 10 or 15 minutes, the sand, the dirt, whatever, and prove me wrong. I'll share a link to a video about this in the notes and then some some of the science behind it. Rolling on. You thought that was woo-woo? I got more for you. I am sure you are all familiar with EMF and that's electromagnetic fields which are invisible factors in our lives now due to our cell phones, actually our cordless phones, um, our wireless signals, etc, etc, etc. Everything just about that we rely on technologically is creating EMF all around us to a degree that has never heretofore existed in the history of man. and. I believe that it adds up to some additional wear and tear on the body. And a lot of people believe that as well. Now, 
Q-Link is a device with something called SRT technology that you can go and read about on their website, but that supposedly reduces your exposure to EMF or ex excuse me, more accurately, it reduces the toll that it takes on your body. And before you think I'm insane, I, I appreciate the value of a dollar and I don't just go spend my money on the first thing that I read about. I actually did my research and I've read a lot about it and I've read testimonials from people that I respect and um, a considerable number of athletes, including Olympians who use this technology in the form of these wearables. And so I actually went and invested in one for each of us and we all have our little version of our Q-Link. Mine's a really pretty metal pendant and my husband's is a really sexy looking um, metal cuff bracelet. And then my son got the least expensive plastic one that he hides under his shirt. So they, according to, if you're just reading their promotional materials, they help increase your energy. They help reduce the symptoms of fatigue and jet lag. They help enhance performance. All in all, their main selling point is that they strengthen your resilience to the effects of the different stresses that you put on your body. Now, I am a believer because I've now had a before and an after and I really, really like mine. I'm not going to spend any moment in time trying to sell you on the concept, but I didn't know it existed until somebody that I know and trust actually referenced it. And so I went and did my own digging and that's all I'm trying to do for you today is to mention it. If you're curious, if anything I'm saying piques your interest, then I'll just make it easy for you to learn more. So enough about that. Okay, moving on. Did you know that airplanes are a source of radiation? This is not meant to be alarmist in any way, but just so you know, I used to always kind of freak out every time I had to go through the TSA, um, what am I saying? The metal detector, the screener. I don't know why I can't think of the term because I know that they emit radiation and I hated it. And it annoyed me that I had to go through that all the time. And for some reason, I'm a lot less worried about it now that I know that the airplane is a source of much greater radiation. So this might be news for you. It was to me. It's not widely discussed, but the plane ride itself gives as much as a thousand times the radiation of the airport body scanners. The total dose of radiation from a round trip eight hours both ways was the example that I looked up is only a few percentage points higher than the naturally occurring radiation that you might experience anyway. Do note that the intensity of in-flight radiation is a function of both altitude and latitude. And if you fly at night, you can reduce your radiation by 99% because nearly all of the radiation from the sun is being blocked by the earth. But again, this radiation is naturally occurring. You're only experiencing a slight increase when you fly, but if you fly over and over and over again or fly very frequently like I do, then this can wear and tear on the body. And it's just a stress event. I don't mean that you're getting radiated and you're going to have three eyeballs and I, I don't mean that at all. I just mean it's just another stressor, an invisible one that you might not have been aware of that does help explain why you get out of balance when you fly, why you can be really tired even if you just go on a short trip and just something that you might not have known. So some things that I do to just combat that a little bit, not because I'm worried about turning green and having three eyeballs, but just because I want to feel my best is again, water, water, water. And then I will make sure that I eat 
my greens while I'm traveling um, and uh, before I travel and so on and so forth. This is why I try to live a really healthy life 90% of the time is so that when I am exposed to a lot more stress and a lot more inconvenience that I can handle it um, because I'm fueling my body the way I need to most of the time. So is radiation something you should panic about? Absolutely not. But I wanted to let you know that it exists and um, let you know that there were a few things that you could do. For example, and again, this is an advanced tip, but chlorophyll rich foods, um, they actually reduce the amount of radiation absorbed by your body that can harm your body tissues and they contain really potent antioxidants that can help minimize free radical activity. So that would include um, really, really green stuff like seaweed, kelp, spirulina, chlorella, wheatgrass, that type of thing. Again, do I think you're all going to run out there and buy some kelp for your next airplane flight? Probably not, but for those of you who really want to operate at peak performance, that's a little extra bonus tip for you. Okay, I'm actually going to stop here and leave you with these tips and let you know that I'm going to share these on the website with links to any of these things that maybe sounded of use to you, except the eye mask because I don't have one that I love. And so if any of these sounded useful to you, you can just go there and click on it and get it yourself. Or you can do a little bit more research because I'm going to actually provide the science behind several of these things in that blog post. So go to onairwithella.com or like I said, join me on Facebook because I will post it there as well. And that's it. I hope that you fly safely, travel often, get out there in the world and use some of these tips to make sure that you can do all of that and still remain totally awesome. Thanks for listening. Catch you soon. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. If you like the show, here are two ways you can pay it forward. Tell a friend, help spread the word, and leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher, whichever one you use. That helps the show enormously get traction, and our goal is to spread the word. So if this show spoke to you in any way or it made you think of somebody who could get something out of it, share this with them. Thanks for listening, and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.